Hey there, I'm Carson Murray, a copywriter and marketer for small business owners and host of the Hype Gal podcast, a show dedicated to making marketing topics like copywriting, messaging, and email list building easy to understand and implement so you can grow your business. I believe business is a marathon, not a sprint, and my hope is that each episode leaves you feeling less confused and more confident in your marketing and gets you excited to keep showing up for what you do because the world needs what you have to offer. Without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Hype Gal podcast where today we're going to be covering five email marketing trends to practice in 2021. And I know your first thought might have been, Carson, I know email marketing is important. Maybe you've been listening to this email marketing series that I've been walking us through over these last few weeks, but is it still relevant enough to have trends to keep up with? And the answer is yes, okay? I want you to do me a favor. After this podcast episode is over, I want you to do a quick Google search of is email marketing still relevant in 2021? And it will leave you with an abundance of answers that not only point to heck yeah it is, but that it's only increasing in popularity. And just like social media platforms have trends and best practices to keep up with on a yearly basis, Email marketing does too, because you might be surprised to find that email has 3.8 billion users, okay? There are 3.8 billion people using email today, which means 3.8 billion people have an inbox that we can potentially be sending our emails to. So yeah, email marketing can still claim its rightful place as royalty in the digital marketing family, no matter how many other platforms pop up along the way. And if you're thinking about adding email to your digital marketing arsenal in 2021, or maybe you already have it as part of your marketing strategy and you just wanna stay up to date with best practices and things that you can be trying to improve this part of your marketing, this episode is going to help you stay up to date with the latest trends in email so you can jump in feeling confident or continue your journey feeling really confident. Okay, so we have five trends to cover today. We are going to jump in with trend number one which is personalization. And I don't just mean adding in your subscriber's first name to the subject line or the opening line of your email. That might've been your first thought when I just said personalization is, you know, when you open up an email and it's like, hey, first name, or maybe you thought it was really clever that someone popped your name in a subject line and it got your attention, which I mean, that is those are both good use of personalization and email marketing, but I'm more so talking about features like email segmentation to personalize your subscribers' email experience with your brand, further adding value to their lives by only serving them emails about topics they've expressed interest in, okay? For example, let's say you're a coach who offers quarterly retreats as one of your packages. You then create an email opt-in form that advertises info about your quarterly retreats and you give your community the option to opt in to receive emails about those retreats if they like, okay? And the rest of your email list community who might not be interested um, in sales or even nurture-based content about your retreats get served the content they signed up for 
as usual. So you're a coach, you have multiple offers. Let's say you have multiple coaching offers, but like your top tier offer also has a retreat package and you tell your community, hey, if you're interested in learning about the retreats I host, if you wanna go on you know, a coaching retreat with us, sign up here to learn more. And then that portion of your community or of your email list receives sales or nurture-based content about your retreats and the rest of your community, the rest of your email list community receives whatever content they initially signed up for and you're not bombarding them with any retreat content that they just don't care about. Maybe they're interested in your other coaching packages and they know they're never gonna go on a retreat, they have no interest in retreats, so they don't want that information. That is a form of personalization, okay? And when done right, segmentation is one of the many beauties of email marketing and it shows your community that you're genuinely interested in serving them the content they want to receive instead of bombarding them with anything and everything you want to send them. So it's kind of that exchange of showing them like, hey, even though you're on my email list, this is about you and the content that you want and the journey that you want to be on with my brand and not just about me and what I decide I want to sell you or bombard you with, right, for my own benefit. And this is another reason why welcome campaigns are an essential part of your email marketing strategy and intentionally designing a set of emails that allows your subscriber to personalize their email experience with you is a great way to stand out and connect in the inbox. So what I mean by that, um, we've gone over welcome campaigns a few episodes ago if you wanna go listen to um, that and just dive deeper into what a welcome campaign is and how to set it up. But let's say you're a new subscriber opts into your freebie or joins your list because they want to start receiving your weekly newsletter, and then you follow that opt-in up with maybe you know a two or three-part welcome campaign that lets them know who you are, what you do, the kind of content you're going to serve them, um, and also allows them to personalize their journey. So let's say uh, you know maybe you send out two emails a week to nurture your list. One is a weekly newsletter, and one is an email where you let them know about new podcast episodes or blog posts and you in in that series of emails you're like hey these are the type of emails I send out on a weekly basis. Click on which one you want to receive. If you want to receive both, then click on this link. And depending on what they click on, they can opt out of receiving, you know, both of those emails a week. Maybe they only want your weekly newsletter. Maybe they only want the one where you're letting them know about new podcast episodes and blog posts. So from the get-go, you're allowing them to personalize their journey with your brand when it comes to email marketing. Um, or maybe they were just only there for the free thing and they opt out of your list altogether. Sometimes that happens and that's just the name of the game when it comes to email. But we just have to bless and release those people because if they weren't there to be a part of our community and they just wanted the free thing, then it's better that they leave now instead of receiving our emails and never opening them or never replying or never clicking on anything, um, you know, damaging our de deliverability rate, right? So those are just some examples of personalization, just making sure that you're segmenting your audience correctly and only serving people the content they signed up for or allowing them to personalize their journey from the get-go um, via a welcome campaign, which if you wanna learn more about welcome campaigns, go back to, I think it was maybe a couple episodes ago and tune into that. All right, 
The next trend is user-generated content or UGC as I will commonly refer to it as. And user-generated content is any form of content such as images or videos, text or audio created by the users of a brand's product or services. You've probably seen this on social media platforms. Um, Instagram, you know, brands use a lot of user-generated content to support their content um, marketing strategy, but you can also use this email marketing as well, okay? Um, So user-generated content is valuable to a brand's marketing strategy because to date, roughly 70% of all consumers base their purchasing decisions on the reviews and ratings of other users. Uh, And if you're like, whoa, that's like a really high number, just take your own online shopping behavior, for example, before you make a purchase, whether it be clothes or a new matcha latte powder or a book, you likely scroll through reviews before making a purchase. And the same behavior goes for our community. Just the other day, I was at Barnes and Noble um, with one of my friends and we were looking at books and I had, I had maybe like five books in my hand that I was super interested in. And before I purchase a book, um, even in a physical store, so not even online, right? I find a corner in Barnes and Noble and I sit down and I look up each book's rating and review, typically on Amazon or a trusted source. I see what other people are saying about the book and then I make my purchase accordingly. So it's so true that we make our purchasing decisions based on the reviews and ratings of other users and what they're saying about the product, um, if they're in a similar life stage or journey as us, etc. So some examples of how brands utilize UGC in their email marketing campaigns are, you know, when a coffee brand showcases their customers favorite morning coffee recipe using their product. So you'll open up the email and they'll showcase an image created by their customer using the product along with a step-by-step guide for the recipe and a list of the ingredients below it, um, possibly followed by a call to action button to purchase the coffee used, right? Or when a service provider is granted permission to use a video testimonial that their client recorded of their experience working with them. And though UGC is, it's crucial and it's powerful, right? One of the most important things that I want to um, note about UGC is that you have to ask for, typically, I don't wanna say have to, but it is it is best, best practice to ask for permission before using any content created by someone else. And I've linked an article from later in this episode's show notes so you can learn everything you need to know about UGC best practices, how to use UGC. Um, it's more so focused on Instagram, but it still gives all the UGC best practices for asking for permission, repurposing the best types of UGC to use for your campaigns, etc. And you would be surprised how many similarities Instagram and social media platforms in general, but mainly Instagram and email have in common. So you can apply a lot of those best practices to email for sure. But those are just a few examples of how you can use user-generated content in your emails. And also this alleviates some of your email content woes because when you can repurpose other people's content, especially, you know, people from your community, it gives you ideas for email and it's less content that you really have to create. You're just repurposing it. All right, the third trend and one of my favorites is animation. So when it comes to copywriting, right, it's important to note that people don't read every word you write. 
they scan, okay? It's just whether it's, you know, a sales page or an email campaign or your website or even your Instagram caption, people are scanning your copy. They're not reading every single word. So when we use animated effects like GIFs or animated text or images or call to action buttons, it helps us get our reader's attention by emphasizing the parts of our email we want them to focus on or take action on by clicking a button. And Animating different parts of your email can be super easy. It doesn't have to be complicated. I feel like when people hear animation, they're like, oh my gosh, bring out, you know, some type of app or tool or something that I have to do, or maybe it's something that you have to learn to do. But I am no design whiz, okay? And I am no tech guru at all but I use Canva to animate my images or my call to action buttons and pop them in emails. So go check out canva.com. If you haven't already, you can create a free profile and animating is, it's literally a click of a button, okay? You can design anything and then you just hit the animate button. You get to choose what kind of animation you want, but when you are using it for email, um, just remember to save it as a GIF, okay? You can't really plug videos in email um, the way that we that, the way that we would like to. So whenever you create an animation, just make sure to save it as a GIF and you can upload it to your email. It is really cool. Uh, another option would be to use a site like Giphy.com to just add in relevant GIFs to your email if it's on brand for you. So if you don't feel super comfortable animating anything just yet, you need to watch a few tutorials but you want to, you know, get your reader's attention in your email and you love gifts, maybe like gifts are like a second language to you, you know, pop one in your email where it makes sense to really emphasize your point or to catch your reader's attention. Gifts are so fun. So if they're on brand for you, if it makes sense for the content of the email, go ahead and find one and plug it in. All right. The fourth trend is minimalistic plain text emails, okay? So while some email subscribers might enjoy getting emails with all the bells and whistles that we've been talking about, like animation and design, another popular email trend is actually a plain text email. And I want you to think of a plain text email as the type of email you'd send to a friend or a colleague. It's just words or text on a blank page, all right? This is a no frills email, and this choice plays into the minimalistic design trend and it removes any potential distractions from your emails, um, just cutting straight to the point, okay? So, you know, maybe you'll just create a plain text email and you'll add a few bullet points here and there to break up the text and a simple sign off with your name, you know, XOXO Gossip Girl or whatever it is that you like to say and a PS section for good measure for sure, all right? And maybe you're like, wow, okay, so, I didn't realize that there were two types of emails that I could be <laughs> using here. I could be using maybe like a more graphic heavy or animated or well-designed email, which, you know, I personally love, or I could just be using a plain text email. And before you base this decision and what kind of emails you want to start sending um, on your own preferences, I want you to take a second and think about your audience's preferences, okay? So this is critical when choosing between animation or design heavy emails, um, or animation or design heavy emails or plain text emails is 
what would your audience prefer seeing? And if you're not sure which they prefer, then try a mixture of both. Maybe, you know, animation or design heavier emails where you're really focusing on adding more images into your email and making them quote unquote pretty or aesthetic, maybe that's a better choice for your weekly newsletter, right? And maybe a plain text email would be better or more optimal for your sales campaigns, especially if you're like a coach or service-based business and you don't have a lot of products to display. So, you know, a design heavy or image heavy email works really well for product-based businesses so they can showcase their products. So those still work really well for product-based businesses when it comes to sales emails. But maybe if you're a coach or service provider, um, you want to use more of a plain text email, cut straight to the chase, emphasize the value of your offer without having images um, and a lot of animation get in the way. Uh, So you know, plain text might be better for you. The important thing is as you're kind of, and you can even pull your audience, you can hop on social media and be like, hey, just put up two examples, right? Like in a story, be like, hey, do you prefer design? Like more more well-designed emails? Or do you prefer reading plain text emails? And, you know, just take a poll and see what your audience would prefer. You can even ask them like when it comes to newsletters, right? When it comes to the weekly newsletter I send you, do you prefer for it to be well-designed and really pretty to look at so you can enjoy scrolling through it and finding the content that you want to read or click on? Um, Or do you prefer just something more plain text? And then also ask them as far as sales-based emails go, what do you prefer? That's the beauty of pairing social media platforms with email is that you can get your community's feedback. Um, You can even ask them an email too. So you can... Um, prompt this response in an email saying, hey, do you like um, well-designed emails like this email? Maybe it was, you know, your weekly newsletter that you designed. You took a lot of time to design and just make really pretty and aesthetic. Or do you prefer something more simplistic? So ask them on multiple platforms, but you can always pull your audience. And then you want to be making sure if you're switching up these emails. So if you're using plain text emails sometimes, and then you're using um, designed emails sometimes, just look at your open rates and your click rates and see what is performing well. And that will also be a good indicator of what your reader, what your community is enjoying. Okay. Last but not least um, for these five email marketing trends to practice in 2021 is accessibility. And this is more of a best practice in my opinion than a trend, but it's, it's worth mentioning nonetheless. So it is essential, okay, to make sure that our emails are easy to understand by as many people in our community as possible, regardless of ability or demographic. And a primary best practice for email accessibility is the use of alt text. So if you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I want to make my emails more accessible. Um, I want to respect all different readers, but how do I do that? Alt text is a great place to start. And alt text stands for alternative text, okay, which is a short description of any images used in your email for those who cannot see them or those reading with a screen reader. Because without adding alt text to your images, a screen reader will let a person with vision impairment know that there is an image in that email, but it will not provide any context about the image, okay? So adding alt text to the images in your email can let a reader know what kind of value the images hold, or if it's simply decorative and they can just, you know, not 
pay attention to it. Um, but adding an alt text might seem like a tiny detail, right? This might seem like a super tiny detail, but it can severely help those who might not be able to see our emails and are using a certain type of technology like a screen reader to scan the emails and read them audibly to them, okay? So if you'd like more information about email accessibility and alt text best practices, I encourage you to go check out an article by MailChimp that I've linked in the show notes to help you get started and just learn more about what you can do to make your emails more accessible to your community. All right. So we just covered five email marketing trends to practice in 2021. And if any of those five trends tickled your fancy, I urge you to start small and incorporate the ones you feel would be best for your community into your emails, starting with accessibility. So if you're going to start with any of these trends, I urge you and encourage you to start with accessibility first and then kind of just pick and choose which of the other four trends you think your community would benefit from or that you think would just feel really fun for you to try. So if any of these trends would just make your email marketing journey more fun and it would make you more excited to sit down at your computer and see, you know, oh, how can I personalize um you know, my community's experience as it relates to my emails? How can I make sure that I'm segmenting correctly? Or, you know, how can I be looking at the user-generated content that my community has already created for me on Instagram? And yeah, plug that into my email marketing campaigns as well, but make sure that you're asking for permission. And remember, I linked an article for UGC best practices by later that you can check out, or maybe you want to try some animation. You know, maybe you think it'd be fun. Um, you're, you're already adding in maybe call to action buttons in your email and you're like, maybe I can animate a call to action button. Go give that a try in Canva. I promise you it's a lot easier than you think. And I'm sure you can Google an article on how to do so. Um, or maybe, you know, you want to try out and test the minimalistic plain text emails versus some design heavy emails. Um, maybe you even found some relief from that trend and you're like, oh my gosh, minimalism in email is a thing. You mean I don't have to put so much pressure on myself to create beautiful emails um, and my community might like minimal emails over design heavy emails. Give that a try and have fun pulling your audience this week. Um, get their feedback on that. So as always, I hope you feel really empowered and educated to improve your marketing in order to serve your community best and grow your brand through these five email marketing trends. And don't forget to check the show notes for any helpful or useful article links and examples that we talked about during this episode. Until next time, cheers and chat soon. Thanks for listening to the Hype Gal Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so you never miss a marketing tip that will help you grow your small business. And if you have time, please leave a review. You can come hang out with me after each episode over on the gram at hypegal.co or join my email list community found in the show notes for more valuable exclusive content. If you have a question or topic you want me to cover, send me an email over at carson at hypegal.co. Cheers and chat next week.